Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Great Outdoor Provision Company, providing outdoor clothing, equipage, and gifts for adventure. GreatOutdoorProvision.com It's Across the Blue Ridge, the great little show that nearly everybody loves. I'm Paul Brown. singing and playing his guitar on Western Country. His uncle Wade Ward plays banjo and Glenn Smith is the fiddler. All these musicians from around the Galax and Independence, Virginia area recorded in the 1960s. Paul Brown here on Across the Blue Ridge. Thanks for joining us for this final regular weekly broadcast episode of Across the Blue Ridge. I may produce some occasional radio features and some online content down the road, and you'll always be able to find new content and our archived shows, all 158 of them, at our website, acrosstheblueridge.net. It's been a real thrill presenting Southern Mountain Roots music and its relatives to you these past three years. And this week, I want to share with you some of the music of people I personally learned from when I was a teenager and a young adult. Fields Ward was one of them. I located him in the early 1970s. He was living in Bel Air, Maryland. He'd moved up there with his wife, Naomi, and he wasn't playing much music. But earlier in his life, He'd been a member of the famed Bog Trotters Band with his Uncle Wade, his father Crockett Ward, Uncle Alec Dunford, Dr. W.P. Davis, and various others from the Galax, Virginia area over the years. Here's Fields Ward as a teenager with the Bog Trotters singing Hop Up Ladies back in the late 1930s. And this is an American version of the Irish tune Miss McLeod's Reel. His Uncle Wade Ward plays the banjo.
late Fields Ward singing Hop Up Ladies with his guitar, his Uncle Wade Ward on the banjo right here on Across the Blue Ridge from back in the late 1930s. Fields also was very interested in African-American-influenced music, and he told me that as a teenager he used to get around the railroad yards at Galax, Virginia, and listen to the African-American musicians there play. Here's a song that's well-known throughout the Mountain South, Definitely a blues-inspired song in the African-American community, which also eventually made it into the string band repertoire of white players. Riley and Spencer Fields Ward with his guitar on Across the Blue Ridge.
Fields Ward on Across the Blue Ridge, one of my personal mentors in old-time music, performing right there, Riley and Spencer, a blues-inspired African-American song which he learned as a youngster around Galax, Virginia. And I met Fields, I sought him out after hearing him on a recording because I felt that his repertoire and his singing style both had a lot in common with what my own mom knew from her childhood in Virginia. I'd become interested in old time and bluegrass music because my mom sang around the house a lot and shared her songs with me and talked to me about them. She learned them as a child. She was born in southeastern Virginia. The family moved up north in the late 1920s. And every summer after that, she went back to the Piedmont of Virginia to family friends between Bedford and Lynchburg. On that plantation farm where she would stay, was an older African-American gentleman by the name of Harry Calloway. Mom always told me that he was a wonderful guitar player and a fabulous singer with a great repertoire, and he would play and sing in the evenings, and they would all hang around and listen to the music and join in. Mom continued to do that, and when I was growing up, she was singing in the house all the time. But she'd also tell me about the songs and the history of them and really got me interested, in a way, in tracking down the old music, meeting the people who played it, and continuing the family repertoire. One day in 1978, I went home and interviewed her about the old music and the songs and where they'd come from and all. She told me a little bit about uh, a song titled Lonesome Road, which has additional connections through much more famous musicians. While she was at it, she took a little swipe at the folklorist and composer John Jacob Niles, but uh, Mom was nothing if not opinionated throughout her life. Let's join in on that interview, find out about the words to the song, its history, listen to her sing it a little bit, and then some more surprises after that. Well, Lonesome Road, we sang all the time. That was a, a song that John Niles said he wrote, but he didn't write it. The uh, black people knew it. it. It's become a part of the American tradition. Uh, there are several different tunes. Have you, have you heard it on records? Well, I'll You might it. compare the tunes. There are several <clears throat> tunes. But the one I knew was a very touching song. Look down that lonesome road, hang down your head and cry. The best of friends part some days are one at you and I. True love, true love, what did you do to make me love you so? You caused me to walk and talk with you like i never done before. And you'll find many other tunes. Yeah. They, they all resemble one another a little bit, but this is a basic tune. Well, I know a couple of songs that are similar to it, but they're not the same song, exactly. Well, I think this tune is particularly appealing. Yeah. Look down, look down that lonesome road. Hang down your head and cry. Hang down your head and cry. The best of friends must part someday. So why not you and I? So why not you and I? See, those, those are the notes. Mm -hmm. The timing you can change a little. The rhythm of the song is very flowing, just like a river, uh, with the little flowingness in between the verses. So that's my mom, the late Louise Brown, back in 1978, my first mentor in old-time music, talking with me about Lonesome Road when I went to interview her at home. And as she said, 
There are lots of melodies to that song, including this one from Gaither Carlton, Doc Watson's father-in-law, performing it with his fiddle. And this became one of Doc Watson's most successful songs. People were really moved by it. The very same song my mom knew from Harry Calloway back in Piedmont, Virginia. So it was all over the South. Down that lonesome road, Gaither Carlton, Doc Watson's father-in-law from the mountains of North Carolina, singing the same song that my mom knew from her childhood days in Piedmont, Virginia. And we heard that a couple of minutes beforehand. As I got older and started to travel around more, I found yet another version of Lonesome Road, which my mom had told me had taken all sorts of forms. Fall on my knees, it was called. Here are Tommy Jarrell and Fred Cockrum, two more of my mentors in my early days performing it on the banjo and the fiddle from Surrey County, North Carolina. Much faster this time, slightly different melody, but it's really the same song. Hey. 
portrait I'd never been born Died when I was young, little girl Died when I was young Tommy Jarrell and Fred Cockrum chasing the Lonesome Road song around the mountain south in various forms and guises. Here are Turner and Marvin Fodrell from Patrick County, Virginia. Turner Fodrell, another of my early mentors in old-time music, with Patrick County Rag, an unrelated song, but a really good one, of course, to take us up to our break. Across the Blue Ridge, more coming up. Stay with us. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from the Blue Ridge Music Center, presenting the Sounds of the Mountains at the Willingham Theater in Yadkinville, North Carolina, and the Ramcat in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, Saturday evenings in January. Performers include Dom Flemons, Kelsey Walden, Ashley Heath, and the Fireside Collective. BlueRidgeMusicCenter.org. It's across the Blue Ridge. I'm Paul Brown. Here's the Highwood String Band, Walt Koken, Mac Benford, Jenny Cleland, Doug Dorshug, and Bob Potts. (laughs) 
and Eagles performed right there by the Highwood String Band back in the 1970s. That version of the tune was inspired by the late Uncle Norm Edmonds of Hillsville, Virginia. We've heard his fiddling many times on this show. And during the 1970s, the Highwoods String Band inspired an entire generation of musicians and fans who loved old-time fiddle band music. There's a new video documentary out about the Highwoods. It's titled Dance All Night, The Highwoods String Band Story. It's available online for free at folkstreams.net. You can stream it there, or for more information, go to our website, acrosstheblueridge.net, and find the page for this show to guide you there. Full disclosure, I was involved in producing this video as associate editor, and I'm in the video, too, with some commentary on the Highwood String Band and their time. It's a nonprofit project. I wasn't paid, nor was anyone else involved in the production. And for licensing reasons, only small numbers of the video have been for sale as DVDs. Once again, you can stream the film, Dance All Night, The Highwood String Band Story, at no cost at folkstreams.net. I want to bring in the film's producer, Larry Edelman, now to help us find out more about Highwoods and the band's impact 
Not to mention the video itself. Larry Edlund, welcome to Across the Blue Ridge. Thanks, Paul. It's a pleasure to be here uh, on my favorite radio show. <laughs> um, this was a massive project to undertake, and I, I would like to know why you felt it was important to enter the production process. Sure, I'll tell you how it happened, then, and, and then I'll tell you why. In 2015, I ran into Walt Koken uh, at a festival we were both playing at. And he was one of the fiddlers with the Absolutely. band. Absolutely. And he told me the story about how this how a production company had begun this documentary and then ran out of funds that they had raised and couldn't continue. And I'm, I'm a filmmaker and a video producer. And just uh, off the top of my head, I said, oh, Walt, you should have just asked me to do it. Well, about a year later, he did. And uh, I got together with Walt and another member of the band, Mac Benford, and we talked about it, and it sounded like a good fit. And so we started. Um, Why I was so interested is because when I was in my 20s, way back in the 1970s, I was living in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. We heard a rumor that the Highwood String Band was going to be at a party and we weren't invited. So my friend Jim and I decided, well, we'll just have to crash that party, which we did, and we got in, and I'll never forget that moment, walking into the house, and there they were in the corner of the living room playing, and I just had never heard anything like it. At that time, I was kind of eclectic in my musical aspirations and played a variety of different kinds of music, but that set me on a course of of sticking with old-time music, and I'll tell you, in the course of producing this video, everyone I encountered has their own story that they remember incredibly vividly of the first time that they heard the Highwoods and how dramatically it affected their lives. So this band, the Highwood String Band, for those of uh, our listeners who may be too young to have experienced them, they were active for six years in the 1970s, or for other folks who may never have heard of the band for one reason or another, it's a big world. This band was a particularly significant group for people who were in their teens and young adulthoods in the 1970s. And uh, through partly the influence of the Highwood String Band, the surge of interest in old-time band music really, really gained intensity. I think that's right. You know, these are the late 60s, the early 70s, where everyone was just trying to find their place, find how they wanted to express themselves. And these weren't the only young people who found that old-time music was that route. It's just that these guys had so many characteristics that that brought, as you say in the, the film, Paul, made them surface to the top in public awareness and influence. It was their exuberance. It was their unique characters. And in particularly, right then, we didn't have this plethora of digital music available where anyone could go online and find a million field recordings. You had to really search for the recordings. You had to really spend time with some of the older musicians. And these guys put in that time and were faithful to that pursuit. But yet, at the same time, they made the music their own, and they did. They they inspired a whole generation. As Mark Panino says in the movie, we all just wanted to be them. They also brought the idea of a twin fiddle old-time band with a string bass to the forefront. There had been some other bands of that sort in the early days of the country music industry. For example, the Skillet Lickers of Georgia were out there with twin fiddles. <laughs> ¶¶ 
and uh, there were some bands with uh, a stand-up bass in the old-time music world around Galax, Virginia. But the Highwoods put all of this together in the 1970s for a new generation. And one of the things that I've noticed is that even today, you know, decades later, decades after their six-year run, if you go to a Fiddler's Convention, you see that format of band with two fiddles and a bass and then, of course, a guitar, a banjo, and maybe some other things going on nearly everywhere you go. How do we get our minds around the fact that, that one youthful band could have this impact on so many people? I think part of it is what's described in the, the film is people were ready for it. They were ready for something exciting. These guys played with abandon. They played up-tempo, they played with spirit, they played with enthusiasm, and they were great musicians. And it was a, a, a very interesting mix. Um, I don't think they strategically thought about it as much as they felt their way through it, and it just the five of them ended up together, and it turned out to be an amazing blend. And today, when I look back at my friends in the 70s and 80s, I realize now how much they were influenced by Highwoods and by their recordings, and not only that, but how much the musicians today, whether they know it or not, were influenced by the bands of the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. Well, let's listen to what we're talking about for just a moment. Let's go to Germany in 1978. This is a live recording of the Highwoods String Band on stage playing one of the iconic old-time tunes of the Southern Mountains' cousin Sally Brown. And then we'll be back with Larry Edelman, the producer of the film Dance All Night, the Highwoods String Band story, right here on Across the Blue Ridge. Stay with us. Welcome back on to now called Cousin Sally Brown, or we just call Run for the Roundhouse, Sally. They won't call you there.
Okay, that was Cousin Sally Brown, the Highwood String Band in 1978 in Germany. And uh, right here on Across the Blue Ridge, I'm talking with Larry Edelman, the producer of the film Dance All Night, the Highwoods String Band Story. And once again, full disclosure, I was the associate editor on this film and have uh, some small uh, speaking moments in it regarding the Highwood String Band. Larry, just listening to this recording makes me want to ask you, where did you come up with the archival recordings and videos that are a part of this project. It just seems that it had to have been an incredible heavy lift and at once also a fascinating journey. It has been. Uh, some of the material was gathered together by the first production company that, that started um, working on the film that, and then discontinued their efforts and they were kind enough to pass on to us what they had collected. And m most of what they had collected they had gotten from the members of the band or the members of the band told them who had some material. But I collected much, much more in addition to that in terms of photographs, audio recordings, and and moving pictures in the terms of old film and video. Paul, I could tell you one story that I really think speaks to the, the synergy and the serendipity of all this documentation coming together. I had gotten lots and lots of documentation, and as I started to look at it, there was one moment where I saw this pattern emerge. And where it emerged was I was watching video that a woman named Phyllis Conroy took in Galax, Virginia in 1973 of the Highwoods just in a music, an informal music session playing in the campground. Now, was was this at the Galax Fiddlers Convention, the, the old Fiddlers Convention? The, it was. It was at the Galax Old Fiddlers Convention and the Highwoods were just playing outside their campsite and their truck. And there were dozens and dozens and dozens of people around just watching and listening. However, it was shot on Super 8 film and there was no sound. <laughs> so I said, oh, I wish there was sound here. But meanwhile, I had a reunion with a fellow that I had met a couple years previously named Lynn Young. And when I got together with him at a festival, he told me, that he used to go to sessions and make recordings of the Highwoods at fiddle festivals and conventions. And I said, well, Lynn, could you share this with me? And, and he said, I could. And I said, and will you tell me a story? And he did. And he told me a story about he would climb through the legs and through the crowds at festivals at, just to get right under the band and would hold microphones up and record it. And I said, oh, Lynn, I would love those recordings. Well... He sent them to me. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the Super 8 footage that Phil, Phyllis Conroy took, and there he is in her footage. Doing his thing. He was there, in there Well, recording. I didn't know it was him. <laughs> I just saw some guy holding two microphones up, and I said, it can't be someone else. So I captured that frame, emailed it to Lynn, and said, Lynn, is this you 50-some years ago? And he said, it sure is. He didn't know that Phyllis was there shooting Super 8 movies, and she didn't know he was there collecting sound recordings, and yet a third person who was unidentified was there shooting black and white photos. So what I was able to do in the film is combine Phyllis's images, which were beautiful color Super 8 movies of the session with great dancing from local folks and the Highwoods playing with others 
and Lynn's audio recording and uh, the black and white photos. And to me, it's the centerpiece of the film for several ways. It's the most energetic depiction of old and new, of showing folks that lived in that area all their lives, who loved the music, loved the dance, embracing these young guys from California and Ithaca, New York, who are now visiting down south, sharing their music and being totally accepted. It's just a great moment in the film, and it's just the synergy of a documentary of synthesizing and adding together uh, the, the documentation to tell a story. The film is Dance All Night, the Highwood String Band Story, and you can find it online at folkstreams.net, where you can stream it at no cost. Larry, it's been great to speak with you. Larry is the producer of this film. I served as the associate editor. It's been a nonprofit project to help bring the story of the Highwood String Band, a very, very influential string band of the early 1970s, into the modern day so that people can can understand the context of our old-time music a little bit more fully and the revival of interest in it around the country as well as in the Mountain South. Larry Edelman, thank you so much for being with us on Across the Blue Ridge. Thank you, Paul. It's a pleasure. It's Across the Blue Ridge. Find us online at acrosstheblueridge.net. We're back with more right after this break. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Farm to Feet, 100% America, offering made-in-America socks designed and manufactured in Mount Airy, North Carolina, using U.S. materials, U.S. manufacturing, and U.S. workers. Retail locations at farmtofeet.com. It's Across the Blue Ridge. I'm Paul Brown. Now that you've heard about the Highwood String Band film, which I was very happy to be involved with if you were with us the last segment of the show, I want to return to some of my senior inspirations in old-time and bluegrass music. Etta Baker's next, from Morganton, North Carolina. She was a wonderful blues-style guitar player. Piedmont blues, that nice gentle sound similar to Fields Ward in the first segment of the show, and And the way my mom sang was similar to the way Etta Baker played to my ear. There was a lot of 
really gentle phrasing in the old-time music and songs back in those days. Here's Carolina Breakdown from Etta Baker. Carolina Breakdown from the late Etta Baker of Morgan to North Carolina. I remember going to her house one time. She was about 78 years old at the time, maybe more, and she was climbing down off her roof. She had been personally re-roofing her house alone that morning. Got down and just all smiles, most wonderful, serene person to match that style of music that she played that you heard right there. Another great uh, inspiration for me, someone I wound up playing with for about 30 years, was the late Benton Flippin. Wonderful fiddle player and banjo player from Mount Airy, North Carolina. Here we all are playing one of his blues tunes. Fiddle tune, Kansas City Railroad Blues on Across the Blue Ridge. Thank you. 
Kansas City Railroad Blues, Benton Flippin' and all the bunch of us right there on Across the Blue Ridge. You know, someone I really have admired for a long time was Ralph Stanley. I never got to know him terribly well, met him a number of times, but what I admired about him, and I used to go and hear him every chance I could get around Galax, Virginia. He'd come, come through every year and various other places. He was able to express the spirit of bluegrass music without losing the essence of old-time music, either in his singing or his banjo picking. And I always felt that was a remarkable talent and that he had a great musical insight. He really cared about the old sounds, even as he was highly successful in the competitive world of bluegrass. Now here's one of his best combinations of new and old. This is a new song written by Peter Rowan, and Ralph Stanley performs it in a very, very old-time manner, combining some basic bluegrass banjo with a really old-sounding singing style. I hear a drum beat on the watchtower. My long journey. Stanley, Wild Geese Cry Again, also known as Drumbeat on the Watchtower, a song written by Peter Rowan that Ralph performed in a really wonderful manner, combining bluegrass motifs and a really, really old-time sound. Another person who could do that really well was an early fiddler with the Stanley Brothers, Art Stamper. 
His dad, Hiram Stamper, was a super old-time fiddle player, and I got to know Art quite well over the years, even was the recording engineer for one of his albums, Goodbye Girls, I'm Going to Boston. So let's hear a cut from that. This is one of my favorite Art Stamper tunes, a tune that I learned from him both on the fiddle and on the banjo in the uh, times that I spent with him. He called it John Riley the Shepherd. John Riley the Shepherd from Art Stamper, an inspirational fiddler for me if there ever was one. Well, we could go on and on for hours, days, 
years. But as the old mountaineers used to say, all good things must come to an end. And it's time for this chapter in the life of Across the Blue Ridge to close. It's time for me to open up a new life chapter. I want to make more music myself. So maybe I'll see you at a fiddler's convention or a show or a dance where I'm playing. I'm doing more work in the areas of social and emotional learning these days, too, with the Teaching Empathy Institute. I think it's important. I hope it'll bring people together and help create a more civil society, which is what I hope this show has done, too. You know what? We really are more alike than we are different. And if Across the Blue Ridge has helped create a sense of community through music, well, that's the idea. Thanks to WFDD Public Radio and Molly Davis and Tom Dollenmayer there, to Muddy Creek Music Hall, to every musician who's performed for us, every interview guest, every one of our great underwriters, to you if you've pledged to public radio at fundraising time, and to every Across the Blue Ridge listener. It's been a privilege to share some time and music and insights with you these past three years. Don't forget, you can always find our archive programs online at acrosstheblueridge.net, and you can contact me that way too. Paul Brown here saying, keep on the sunny side. Remember, it really will help you on your way, and everyone else too. I hope to see you down the road somewhere. Support for Across the Blue Ridge comes from Great Outdoor Provision Company, providing outdoor clothing, equipage, and gifts for adventure. GreatOutdoorProvision.com